Did you know that each episode of the Digitally Irresistible podcast is recorded on video? You can access the video by clicking the episode notes on your podcast player. Scroll to the bottom of the notes and click on the video link. Or just visit the iCore YouTube channel. You're listening to the Digitally Irresistible podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people. Brought to you by iCore. Each episode features someone who sheds a little more light on the ins and outs of delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. And now, here's today's guest. Welcome to another episode of the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. I'm your host, Bernie Borges. Today's guest is Adam Toporek. Welcome, Adam. Hey, Bernie. How are you? Doing great. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. You know, Adam, you are a third-generation entrepreneur. You're a sought-after CX keynote speaker. You're a consultant to many brands, helping them improve their customer experience. And you're also recognized as one of the top customer experience thought leaders with many media appearances, including Forbes, Entrepreneur, AMA, and many other media outlets. On this episode, Adam, I want to discuss with you your three-part framework for CX leaders to lead high-performing customer service teams. But first, before we get to that, let's begin with your backstory. Tell us your backstory. How did you get to where you are today? Oh, well, thanks, Bernie. Yeah, I'm actually a third-generation entrepreneur. So customer service, customer experience is in my blood. Uh, my grandfather owned a Main Street shoe store. My mother owned a uh, retail children's clothing store, and my father owned a wholesale music distributorship, accessories, instruments, that type of thing. And I learned to be customer-centric before it was even a phrase. I grew up, my parents were very customer-centric. Uh, they really focused on the customer. I remember once in our warehouse, so we had a warehouse where we would ship to retailers. I was on the line packing boxes. I might've been 13 or 14, and I was just throwing stuff in there and my father came by and said, you know, that's the first impression that our customer is going to get of their order. It's important you pack it. He showed me how to pack it, how to make it look neat. And I just grew up having those lessons. And later on in life, when I opened my own businesses, went on to get an MBA, it just really drove that sort of client focus throughout my life. And now I you know, am a trainer and keynote speaker and help other organizations with their customer experience. So you got exposed to the importance of customer experience before customer experience was even a thing in your background. Exactly. That, that is awesome. That's great. Well, before we get into your, your three-part framework that you call the 3E framework, let's begin with just at a high level, Adam, what is your advice to leaders in post-pandemic times for leading CX teams to achieve high-performing levels? The first thing, and it seems sort of fundamental, is leaders need to not forget their teams. There's so much talk right now and in the past few years, particularly about technology and about you know chat and all of these things and AI and all of these different uh, shiny new objects, all of which are important, all of which are crucial to the experience. But it's really easy to forget about those and to, uh, sorry, to focus on those and to forget about our teams. And one of the things that I think defines every great customer experience company is the quality of their team. In the end, our businesses, our organizations are led and run by human beings. And we'll, you know, we can talk about this in a little bit, but 
as we do push more digitally, as we have uh, greater digital integration, one of the things that's happening is that the human parts of the experience are becoming more important. And I think it's incumbent upon leaders, particularly post-pandemic, particularly in the wake of the Great Resignation and now the rebound from the Great Resignation, to really focus on CX leadership and to make sure that they are providing the correct examples uh, and the correct environment for their teams. Put your contact center in the cloud with iCore. We help brands reimagine their customer journey by deploying digital technology that provides personalization and automation where it matters most. Building a scalable customer experience that streamlines every customer touchpoint into a single platform. Smile with iCore. Learn more at iCore.com. Love that, Adam. And you know, the name of this podcast is the Digitally Irresistible Podcast. And we named it that because, to your point, digital CX is is prevalent, right? We, we've yeah. got to be delivering CX through digital technology. But the irresistible part speaks to the human part, which is exactly the point that you just reinforced. And you need the two. So I think it's a great segue, a great uh, bridge to our conversation around your 3E framework. And those three E's are embody, educate, and empower. So let's get into it, Adam. Why don't you begin, of course, with embody. Well, let me just step back really quickly and say that the three leadership framework is not everything you need to know to be a good leader. What three E's represent are things that I have seen and observed my work with clients, studying industries that tend to be the weak areas in leadership for CX. So there's a lot of things you need to be a great leader, and there are a lot of great books on leadership. These three particular items are very focused on where leadership is often lacking in the area of providing great customer experiences and employee experiences. So embody is simply walk the talk. Right? We talk a lot about culture nowadays and leading you know, a team that is aligned around missions and values, but so often what we do and what we say aren't aligned. You know, where do we focus the lens? When we have employee meetings, are we having meetings about how do we improve the experience? How do we actually, you know, make this part of the customer journey better? You know, so often what we find is that companies are focused on sales or efficiency. And that's what they're incentivizing, right? That's when when an employee goes in for their quarterly review, they're asked how many sales did they close? How much money did they save? And then a company wonders, why is our experience bad? Why is our service not up to par? Well, here's the thing. Your incentives send a message. They tell your team where your real priorities are. So it's not all about incentives, but it is about understanding the alignment of your messaging. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I, I love the way you opened it up. You said it's walking the talk, right? It's it's leaders actually living it, not just saying this is the way we should be treating the customer. Well, exactly. And that, you know, it's we've all seen the companies, right? We've actually been in the lobby of a company that's got the poster on the wall that says, we love our customers while we're having the worst experience of our lives, right? <laughs> it's real easy to have the t-shirts. It's real easy to say we love our customers. It's real easy to have a customer day. Culture is hard. Culture and having a customer-centric culture is an ongoing 
process and it's an ongoing um, process of, of focusing on alignment, of making sure that we're messaging correctly. You know, I, I had a client once it was, and they came to me and they had a very sales driven culture and commission based. And they're like, hey, I, I get a lot, uh, Adam, help us fix our customer service, right? And they're like, well, we're great at sales, but our service is terrible. And so I dug in, you know, they were just like, well, how much is training and all that? I was like, well, let me ask you some questions. And I asked them, you know, what are, what's the team incentivized for? What are you talking about in your quarter, quarterly reviews? What are the huddles like? And it was all sales, 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 sales. Mm -hmm. And so I asked them what they already know intuitively. I said, what's a retained customer worth? Now I won't mention the company or the industry. And they didn't have like a formal customer lifetime value number, but they had a decent back of the napkin idea of what that customer was worth. And of course, as in most industries, a retained customer was worth much more than a new customer. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, we've got to get this across and we've got to align what you're doing, what you're focusing on to make sure that retention is at least as important, if not more important, that experience and service are as least as important, if not more important than sales. So before even getting to the training, you know, we had to work on a cultural piece and talk about the cultural piece and embodying, making sure that they were actually focusing on and prioritizing and demonstrating, you know, that these things are priorities to their team. Yeah, I think the other thing that really resonates for me, Adam, um, on the the embody e, is that it is at the leadership level. It's not just about leadership. How do you train thinking? How do you train the frontline people? to deliver great CX, but how do I as a leader lead them so that they want to be great frontline customer experience professionals? Exactly. I mean, if, you know, <laughs> to some degree, our teams are like children. I'm not saying our teams are children. I'm just saying it's the same thing, right? Do as I say, not as I do when your, your, your parents said that to you. It doesn't work. It certainly doesn't work with adults, right? I mean, if, if, if we see your priorities are here, your priorities are you know, boosting the numbers for quarterly results and not long-term investment or long-term focus on customer experience, you know, we as a team are going to take that away. And part of that investment, part of that um, focus is actually leads us to that second E, which is educate. Because one of the ways you can show that you've embodied that we are a customer-centric culture is to give your teams the tools they need to serve customers. And that's how we get to educate, right? If you look at the training most companies do, and obviously there are a lot of great customer experience companies, but one of the great flaws in training is they get operational training, right? Here's the manual. Here's where the, the cash wrap is. Here's how to put in the TPS reports, dating myself with that reference. And they don't get the soft skills training. They don't get the service training. They, there's an assumption many times that, you know, if we hire somebody, hire the smile, right? Train the skills Well, they do the hire the smile part, but they don't train the skills often. And what we know about human psychology now, what we know about how customer emotion works and how our own emotions work, is that we as human beings are not designed to get yelled at, cussed at, screamed at, and go, thank you, ma'am. How can I help you with that? Yep. Right? So teams need that training, particularly when you speak about frontline teams who are often younger and less experienced. Exactly. And the, the psychological impact effect on the frontline employees when you provide them the education that they need is huge because 
then they their confidence is boosted. They feel like they've been invested in and they feel equipped to actually do the job. Exactly. And that's so funny because we did research and there's some other there's some other research says that you know, 50 percent, uh, more than 50 percent of employees want training and they do feel more invested when they have it. We did our own research because I find if you ask a, uh, you know, an employee, do you need customer service training? Almost every employee over uh, over evaluates their uh, customer service skills and they think they're you know pretty good at customer service or I'm good at customer service. So we changed the question. We asked them, would you want training on difficult customers? Because everyone struggles there and everyone has trouble. And over two thirds wanted difficult customer training. So mm. they want this training. They want to know how to handle these situations. They don't want to feel lost. They don't want to feel all the emotions that come when they're working with a difficult customer. And, you know, I think you, you mentioned, you know, digitally irresistible and the, you know, the, uh, the machines and the people. And yeah, I do truly believe that we're moving at, as we expand um, our digital footprint in almost every industry, right? The digital part of the experience continues to expand. Those human more moments are going to be more important. They're going to be more crucial because when the technology is not up to the task for whatever reason, right? We just, uh, there are some things we need humans for, right? That just complex questions, complex interactions. Um, those human moments are going to be the things that define the experience more than anything. And we've got to give our teams the tools to be able to do that. And, you know, there's a lot of, I think we know a lot of companies that do great training that focus on training. I'll, I'll tell you a little micro story real quick. So I have my book, be your customer's hero. And in that book, I have what I would call a pretty counterintuitive technique. And it's called let customers punch themselves out. And what yeah. that means, if you had and that, you know, that uh, expression is from boxing and it refers to like sitting on the ropes and letting the, um, you know, the opponent sort of exhaust themselves. And it's a counterintuitive technique because our natural instinct is to uh, 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 and try to answer the question, try to jump in, try to stop the yelling, try to stop the pain and give the solution. Um, but it generally doesn't work when somebody's really upset. And I after Hero was released, I had a colleague who's actually you know, manages contact centers, very, very highly skilled in customer service. And he said that technique changed so much for me, Adam. Like that one technique was so great. And that's what I want to, the point I want to get across to leaders right now is that whatever you know about customer service training from 10, 15 years ago, from when you came through, from when you were at the beginning of your career, we customer service training has changed so much mm. now there are so many techniques around neuroscience and emotion and psychology that we're using today that is not in you know your dad your daddy's uh, customer service training so to speak and i want to encourage leaders that no matter who they go to for training to find companies that are teaching these principles because they can make a world of difference in you know giving uh, your team that investment and showing that embodiment yeah yeah i agree I would think, Adam, that education sort of bleeds over into empowerment, right? Because if you're, as you address empowerment, there's got, there's a relationship there, right? You've got to educate the frontline people on how you're empowering them. hundred percent. And they have to have the tools to feel confident, right? So that these three E's are in a, sort of in a perfect order as you are, you are catching on to very good, Bernie. Um, and, you know, one of the things we found out is that post-pandemic, 
frictionless, effortless, or what I call hassle-free experiences are more important than ever. That's part of what the digital growth is, the digital integration, digital transformation is creating, which is this expectation of hassle-free, this expectation of instantaneous. So what is empowerment? Empowerment's giving power for frontline employees, in this case, to resolve customer issues in real time. And that real time is crucial, right? That's the difference between that instant gratification, that expectation of hassle-free, and creating a hassle. Any experience, any service issue that is delayed, that is not solved in the moment, is by definition a hassle. So I consider empowerment, I call it the win-win-win of customer experience, okay? The employees win because they are able to handle something in real time and not receive you know, negative emotions, not receive uh, what comes from an angry customer. The customers went, of course, because they're getting resolved in real time. They're having their issue resolved on the spot. They're not having to wait or go through a process. And the company wins, management wins, because is there anything more costly than a customer service issue that continues? When you stop something, when you nip it in the bud, when you can solve it before it mushrooms, before it grows, before it escalates, hopefully, that is an incre incredible addition to the bottom line, just straight up. And that's what I think is incredible about empowerment. Yeah. And, and so it's truly, it's such a win-win-win because not only does it affect CX, but it affects EX. It truly helps the employees have a better experience. Yeah. I can say, Adam, that as a consumer, there's nothing more gratifying if I'm engaged with a frontline employee to, trying to resolve an issue. There's nothing more gratifying than the words, I can resolve that for you now. Absolutely. I love it. And you know what? You know what? The saying those words is gratifying too. Being able to say that as the employee is gratifying as well. Uh, yep. you know, one study found that uh, empowered employees or organizations that empower employees had 50% higher customer loyalty. So it translates both from the employee experience side to the customer experience side. Now, I do want to give like some warnings. So because empowerment's a very tricky issue. And one of the reasons we don't, you know, so many companies don't empower employees is because of fear. Right, we fear if we give them the reins, what are they going to do with it? And there's some basis to that fear. It is not unfounded. I mean, oftentimes when we see a viral story on the news, like a viral customer service story, it's some employee that did something colossally stupid or gross or whatever. Um, so there's a fear to that. But here's the thing: you know, empowerment is a risk reward decision, and I think it's very important to approach it that way. And if you're moving from a sort of a command and control type environment to a customer centric environment, to an environment where you want to give your employees more latitude, uh, there's a few things I want you to understand. One, think about the risk reward side of it. Like, what do we need to empower? If you have a mass merchandising uh, chain with a national footprint, then you're probably not going to give a frontline employee who works a cash register the ability to make wire transfers from the company account, right? <laughs> it's an extreme example, but it makes the point that, you know, we talk about um, empowerment in these sort of fluffy terms a lot, but it's just a straight up, what 
areas can this employee be empowered in their role to help the customers better? And I, I want to give a little footnote. One thing to be careful of is, you know, academics actually differentiate between actual and psychological empowerment. Now, actual empowerment is what we're talking about. Okay, well, they can give a refund up to X dollars, or they can do this without getting a manager's approval. Psychological empowerment is, do they feel empowered to do that? Do they feel safe doing it? Do they feel like they're going to get uh, criticized or in trouble if they give this refund or use this power? And if you're moving, if you're trying to become more customer-centric and moving from a place of command and control to a place of you know, greater empowerment, greater customer-centric focus, be aware. You can't just like say, okay, you're empowered now, go. Right. You've got right. to make them feel safe using it. Right. Right. So um, one final question before we get to the final fun question, Adam. Right. What do you see in your crystal ball as it relates to the, the your 3E framework among modern CX leaders? What's in your crystal ball? My crystal ball. I think that you're going to find, you know, embody is tricky. I think uh, a lot of times what I call embody, I call out as embody, which is walking the talk, comes from companies that are doing culture work. So those companies that are focused on having a customer-centric culture that are focused on putting the customer, you know, literally at the center of their decision-making, you know, I think those companies and those leaders buy sort of definition and sort of by the nature of that process are going to embody what they mean. They should just always be careful about it. But I think the companies that are waking up to the new world, so to speak, and to that dynamic we talked about where, okay, we have digital and we have this sort of hybrid experience and maybe the human part is shrinking, but that human part, when it happens, is going to be so crucial Mm-hmm. I think companies are waking up to that, and I think that trend is going to continue. They're going to realize that customer service is going to become a more highly skilled job, and they're going to have to focus on training, better training, more specific training, more relevant, job-relevant training, and then they're going to have to empower mm-hmm. their teams to handle things in real time because if we're thinking about this process as, and obviously we're generalizing here, but if we're thinking about this process as sometimes the human part of the experience is when the digital part fails, then that human part of the experience better resolve it (laughs) then and not pass it on to a manager, not add three more steps whenever possible. So I think, I hope (laughs) that companies really are going to be investing more in both of those last two E's. Yeah. I think your crystal ball uh, makes a ton of sense. So thank you for sharing that. So Adam, before we get to the fun question, I do want to ask you if someone listening or watching uh, wants to connect with you, uh, what are some uh, easy ways digitally for them to connect with you? And we'll flash them across the screen for those that are watching on video. Okay. Wonderful. Uh, Well, first of all, home base is customersthatstick.com. So uh, customersthatstick.com. So feel, that's home base. That's our website. I'm also on LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me there. And uh, my business Instagram is Adam Tapork CX. Very important to put the CX at the end. So Adam Tapork CX. And I love connecting with people. If you have questions or anything to say about the episode, I'd love to talk with you. So uh, feel free to reach Great. out. 
Thank you. Well, again, on video, that's all on screen. Uh, if you're just listening, just uh, check the show notes. It'll, it'll Everything will be linked up there. Adam, we get to our final fun question, and I call it the fun question because that's what it is. We want to know here on the Digitally Irresistible Podcast, when you're not working, what do you like to do for fun? It's an interesting question for me, and thank you, Bernie. Um, because I my fun is sort of work too. I am actually an artist, uh, so I write fiction, uh, and I also play music. I mentioned uh, I grew up in the music industry, the musical instruments industry. So uh, I do both of those um, fairly seriously at this point. Uh, so there's a little bit of work involved, but it is also uh, two things I'm very passionate about that aren't uh, customer experience. That's great. That's great. Well, it's, uh, it sounds like like um, slash hobbies and uh, an interest that uh, that can be a whole lot of fun. So I can relate to that. So Adam, I just want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know that you're flying around doing lots of keynotes and training events and consulting. And uh, we, uh, we got this on the calendar and I just want to thank you for really sharing your three E framework, embody, educate, empower as a way for CX leaders to really just help their frontline employees just be the best that they can be. And uh, again, I just want to thank you for your time and your expertise today. Uh, thank you, Bernie. It was so much fun talking about these things. I love the show and appreciate you having me on. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Digitally Irresistible podcast, where we cover the optimization of digital technologies and irresistible people, delivering a great employee and customer experience that has a measurable impact on the business. Brought to you by iCore. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss future episodes.